the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. Great to be with you today. And I hope you're dealing with the weather okay. It's different than I thought. I thought it was supposed to rain heavily all day, like an inch an hour, they said, because of the bomb cyclone. Well, uh, there is a lot of rain, and I hope that you're dealing with it well, and maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. But I want to start out by talking about a new story that the president, President Biden, will be going to the southern border for the first time probably in his life, is what some people are saying. And there's a comment that he made today that I really want to talk about because it really shows um, where there is either disconnect or dishonesty. I don't know what it is when it comes to the differences we have with the border. It's important that we understand this, that all Americans and everybody should get on the same page with respect to what is happening and stop the politics. We might have some different solutions to argue about. That's fine. But let's argue about them and do something. We might need to actually have a Congress eventually to do that, but uh, I think they'll get around to it. Anyway, um, former uh, President Biden, current President Biden, um, he called the uh, vice president, uh, President Harris again today. So maybe he is the former president. We just haven't got the memo. Um, You know, I don't I don't think that's the way it is. Anyway, so. President's going to the border, and I'm glad. I'm glad he's going to El Paso. Um, I thought maybe he's going to go to San Diego, you know, and uh, that's not really the same thing. You know, going to the border in San Diego, you can go and say, hey, you know what? There's a wall here. I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. Yeah, you go to San Diego, and you go across, and then you get some tacos. You can get five street tacos for $4, and they're, they're better than anything you can get here. It's amazing. And uh, he might think there's no problem, but... Uh, He's going to go to El Paso. I hope he does actually go to the border, border, the actual border, and not do what uh, Vice President Harris did and go to the northernmost part of El Paso where you're really not close to the border because El Paso is dealing with thousands and thousands of people coming over the border and they are basically homeless living on the streets and it's horrible. Uh, what is happening right now at the border is is horrible. And the president going there is a good thing because he'll bring the media. They they have to cover him. They have to go there. And I don't know that, you know, you know he's going to have something to say and different things. But something has to be done. And what is happening, and the reason that if you are a, if you're a Fox News viewer, well, you hear about the border all the time like that's the only issue. But if you've been a CNN or MSNBC viewer, you maybe have been unaware until the last couple of weeks what a serious issue this has become. And so the president's going there because not only are Republican governors angry and uh, putting migrants on a bus and sending them to uh, sanctuary cities, but now even Democratic governors are doing the same thing. Governor of uh, Colorado, Jared Polis, uh, has been taking people, uh, migrants, um, from Denver who have been coming there or being bused there or arriving in Denver through various ways and it's overwhelming that city so the governor is now shipping migrants to New York City 
um, the same thing that we have seen uh, Republican governors do. And uh, this has irritated the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams. The governor of Colorado is now stating that they are going to be sending migrants to places like New York and Chicago. Uh, This is just unfair uh, for local governments to have to take on this national obligation. We've done our job. Uh, There's no more room at the end. Uh, But we are compelled by local laws here that we must uh, provide shelter That is a mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, and uh, he's talking about how it's unfair to local governments that they have to deal with. And he's correct. This is a federal government problem. In fact, it is a problem that resides in the White House, in the administration. There is all kinds of authority for the president of the United States to take care of this issue. And uh, he's correct. The governor, the government is going to have to do something. The federal government, they have to do something. I want to talk about this. And whenever we talk about the border on our program, we want to remember that there is there's we've got to have a legitimate, compassionate response. And, you know, sometimes people uh, on both sides, but, you know, sometimes people on the right, we talk about close the border, but not helping anybody. And we talk about uh, we say a bunch of stuff that really isn't true about a lot of the people coming over. And it's it's not right. As Christians, we need to be taking care of people who are poor, regardless of their situation, even if they're breaking border laws and things like that. Um, and that, that I think that discredits us in some ways when we aren't compassionate. At the same time, there are things that people on the left will say that are not true, usually ignorant of the situation. And we have to call that out because our policies as a nation are contributing to the problem that is exploding here. In uh, Denver, the problem is there are are thousands now of migrants being uh, either making their way up on their own. And when we say migrants, you know, we used to say illegal alien, which is actually the term, the legal term. It's actually the established legal term in, you know, Title Eight if you go read it. And... Um, and it's not just people who are here legally or people asking for asylum. It's people who are here for all kinds of different reasons. Really, you know, most people are looking for a better life. Yes, there are criminals and there's a criminal element, and that is a major part of the of the problem. But most of the people coming are looking for a better life. You understand that. But many of these people have been told that it's easier than it is. It's not actually that easy. And when you have – a lot of people don't even make it over the border. If you go over to Tijuana or some places – you know, there are thousands of people living in tents on that side of the border because they were lied to or they misunderstood what it would mean to come up here, that it was like really an open border. I mean, when we say open border and people say that politically, you know, it's open, but it's not. You know, there are, it's not that easy to get into the country um, and make some kind of success. All right. Some people do do it for sure. Um, but it's not as easy as it gets uh, communicated. And that's one of the things that I think is something that we should be aware of. And what I was stunned by was a statement that the president made today um, about this very issue, about the issue of why people are coming here. This is President Biden earlier today. It's not like people, you heard he said before, it's not like people sitting on a table and somewhere in, in Central America saying, I got a great idea. Let's sell everything we have. Let's give them to a coyote and smuggle them. They'll take us on a harrowing journey for a thousand miles to get to the United States. Then we're immediately across the world. They're going to drop us in the desert. And we're in a place where we don't speak the language. Won't that be fun? 
That is uh, President Biden saying something that's completely wrong. In fact, it is. I'll, I'll read what you said, what he said in case you couldn't hear it correctly. Uh, but actually, exactly what is happening is what the president just said is not happening. He said, it's not like people are sitting around a table somewhere in Central America saying, I got a great idea. Let's sell everything we have. Let's give it to a coyote and they'll take us on a harrowing journey. And then we're going to illegally cross the border. Uh, that's actually what is happening, Mr. President, and your own administration is addressing this uh, this year or in 2022 with a entire campaign called Say No to the Coyote campaign that the U.S. Customs and Border Protection uh, Administration has put out there. Like the Biden administration as an administration is actually specifically dealing with the coyote problem. The coyote, it's not the animal with four legs that, uh, you know, is going to eat your chihuahua if you let him get in your yard. It is the person who is smuggling human beings across the border. And what is happening, and this is an international uh, crime ring, basically, is what's happening in uh, Mexico, Central America, even South America. And this problem that we're seeing at our border, it's a global problem because many of the people coming across, yes, they're from Central America or Mexico, Venezuela, but they're also from other countries around the world where basically you pay a bunch of money to somebody who gets you into South America or Central America and you make your way up. And what I find interesting about the president's comments saying that it's not like this is happening is that his administration specifically is dealing with this and specifically people coming from Honduras and Guatemala. Uh, If you go to the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Program, they launched what's called a digital advertisement campaign to dissuade migrants in the northern triangle countries of Honduras and Guatemala. Guatemala. It didn't say a triangle. It must be three. Is it Nicaragua or is it El Salvador? What's the other one that would be part of that? I don't know. I should look that up. There's a triangle down there. All right. Um, It's probably, I don't know what it would be. Nicaragua is uh, not really our friend. El Salvador is. I would have thought their name would be. So I'm going to say it's probably Nicaragua. Anyway, Guatemala and Honduras. And it is targeted towards people who might want to consider taking this dangerous journey to the United States. And the ads deliver a clear message. It says this. Smugglers are lying to you. The fact is that entering the United States illegally is a crime. The ads highlight that the ads are putting out by our government, by the Biden administration. This is not a Trump administration thing. This is a Biden administration thing. The ads highlight that smugglers, who are known as coyotes, uh, take advantage of and profit from these vulnerable immigrants. Because precisely what people are doing is selling everything they have and giving that money to these coyotes so that they could come up here for what is potentially a better life. And you know what? If you and I were living down there, we would think about it. And we might even do it. We really would. I've been down there. I've been to some of these poorest communities, and they talk about it. Some people, you know, the president says it's not like they're sitting around a table. The thought that went through my mind is, yeah, I've been to some of these communities, and they don't have a table to sit around, actually, right? So there is a desperation in some of these communities. There's some modern cities uh, down there that, uh, but if you you can't get into them or you don't have a job or you don't have the ability uh, to live there, you're living in extreme poverty, in these countries. And when you think about the opportunity that is the United States, that is not too far away, you save your money, whatever money you can get, you work very hard and you might give it to somebody who is going to take you up here. It's not, not that easy to get up here. So you need someone to show you the way and to provide transportation, to provide, you know, the information that you need. The thing is, is that these coyotes are stealing from these people. They're lying to them. It's not as easy as they're saying to come up and stay in the United States. And uh, the 
Customs and Border uh, Protection Commissioner Chris Magnus said, this digital ad campaign is an important component of U.S. government efforts to prevent tragedies and curtail irregular migration. He calls it irregular. That's the first time I've ever heard irregular migration. Um, why is it is what is it? Why is it irregular? Seems like it's happening all the time. But I, I guess they mean by irregular, what he means to say is people aren't migrating with a plan, right? They're not. They're not going through the process of actually. Uh, you know, getting a visa and doing this the way so many of you have done this when you've come to this country. Um, and it's irregular because they're just leaving everything and come up here with different kinds of hopes. 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to call and join the conversation. 888-528-2557. And uh, this is Southern California Live. We're talking about the fact that President Biden is finally going to visit the border. And I think he's doing it for a couple of reasons. There's always a political angle to things, which isn't always bad. I think that if you're in politics, you think about it. But um, I think he's being forced to for a couple of reasons. One is because it's become such a significant problem. Uh, It's gone from 400,000 people, contacts, this is contacts by the Border Patrol in 2020, to 1.7 million in 2021 and 2.3 million more than that in 2022. And some people think this year it could get up to 5 million people. I mean, just think about that. That's more than 10 times what it was just two years ago. At some point, you've got to pay attention. At some point, you can't pretend this isn't happening. At some point, you have to get past whatever the politics are. What bugs me personally is that because we don't have a, a really good immigration policy, nobody thinks we have one. We've been fighting about it for 40 years, and nobody has done anything. Not Republicans, not Democrats. You know, Donald Trump sort of kind of built a little bit of wall. That's it. We've not done very much. And we've had controversy after controversy with the families coming over and families getting separated. One of the things that the coyotes do is they bring the kids up here without the parents. That sometimes the parents say, I can't afford to bring all of us up there. I'm going to pay off this coyote so that maybe my child will have an opportunity in the United States. We are encouraging that. We're enabling that. This is something that as a country, we have to stop doing. We're doing it at at all kinds of levels, even in our own country. You know, if you wonder why we have so many homeless people in in California now in particular, it's because we're enabling it. By the way, there are other states that are busing homeless people, homeless Americans into California, into uh, Los Angeles, San Diego. Um, And uh, that's how they're dealing with it there. It's warmer here. The reason you go to New York, by the way, is that New York does have a law. If you, uh, when you heard Mayor, Mayor Eric Adams talk about the laws they have in New York, they have a law that they need to provide shelter. So New York City actually, which has a much bigger population than Los Angeles, actually has more homeless people in the city by about 30,000 people. But almost none of them are on the street during the cold. They provide lots of shelters and lots of, uh, you know, just temporary places to go, not housing like we're, we're trying to do. Uh, but they're not solving the problem there either. And this is why when when these migrants end up in New York City, there's, it's just a small number of people. One busload of people getting off overwhelms the system in New York because they're already overwhelmed by the number of homeless people there. The reason they have so many homeless people is is the same, even though you don't see them in New York the same way you see the people here. The reason they're there is that we're enabling the behavior of drug abuse. We're enabling the behaviors of criminal activity. We're enabling people to do the things that m- maintain their homeless situation. 
And we have this housing first philosophy in, in California and in Los Angeles that says, well, all these people, they just need homes. So we need to build them homes. And yeah, eventually they need homes. But there are so many people with mental illness, with drug addictions, and all of this, they have to get off that. And we're encouraging that. It's another part of the border issue that within the border and this problem is the fentanyl problem that we're seeing all across the country. Those pills are mostly coming through the southern border. And it's not everybody carrying stuff. It's almost nobody carrying stuff. But you think about it. We think about you know, what percentage. You know, it bugs me when somebody says, and I know some of you got on this page, but we, we can't. When we say when we say that, and I've heard a lot of people say it, everybody coming across the border are criminals and gang members and bad people. No, they're not. They're not. It's not even close to everybody. Most people are looking for a better life. Most of them know they're breaking the law if they're coming illegally, um, but they want that shot. I get it. Not saying they should do it. And we can't treat people that way. However, what percentage of people coming over the border would you say are actually gang members and criminals and people who are part of cartels, people who have very serious uh, malintent and malice of coming here? What percentage? Well, if it's 2.3 million people last year and it's, what, 1%, well, that's, what, 23,000? That's a lot, even if it's just 1%. If it's 0.1% of the people, that's 2,300. That's a lot. So on the other side of that argument, don't say that everybody over there is just looking for a better life. No, most of them are, but there is a major criminal element that has traffic over that border and it is a big part of our problem. We have to own a lot of the problem with the drug addiction and things in our country because we're taking the drugs, right? If you really wanted to stop the fentanyl crisis, everybody needs to stop taking drugs, right? We're the consumer, okay? It's easier, obviously, to say that, but we can't ignore the fact that we're the consumer, that a market exists. And what we're doing with our policies in our cities, with our approach to homelessness, our approach that says we are not requiring people to get sober, that we will put you in housing, but you're allowed to continue taking drugs if that is your choice. Um, we are just providing and enabling a way for people to continue to kill themselves, to continue the drug trade to be continuously driven by these cartels, and it is driven by the cartels. Ask any, any law enforcement officer here in Southern California. They will tell you it's the cartels driving this. So this is a huge issue, and it's one that I think when we, when we talk about this issue and we end up in a conversation about compassion or justice, it is not justice to create a system where people sell everything they have and come up here for a, a life that's promised that they're mostly not going to get. It's not justice to continue that. It's not justice to not create a system that even if you want to have a system of legal immigration, which I think is good— to not have it be very clear and governed well, to just ignore it. We're hurting people in tremendous ways. It's not, none of that is justice. None of that is, is right. I think you know, we should recognize that whatever you think of the United States, as bad as you've been told it is, still people from around the world are trying everything they can to get here. And there's a reason for that. There is opportunity. It is uh, a shining light of liberty, even though we're struggling with that, you know, internally and, and, you know, kind of dealing with that. The way that the rest of the world still looks at us is this is a great place to be. And we used to be a country that 
organize this well. And we had some different reasons. We needed a lot of people. And we would have we had an immigration system where you go to Ellis Island and you fill out the forms and they quarantine you and they check you out. They want to find out what your background is. If you read the law, if you go back and you read Title Eight, there's all kinds of reasons why you're not allowed here. It's all it's all still there in the law. We just don't enforce it. It's a lawlessness that is governing our country uh, from the standpoint of of politics, where at some point, for whatever reason, it is satisfying both the right and the left not to solve this problem. I think most of us listening could solve this problem together. I think most of us listening, whatever your party is, wherever you lean, and I say this a lot, but I mean it, I think that 80, 90 percent of us would find an agreement and we would resolve this problem. We would control the border. We would have a simple way of doing immigration legally, and uh, we would shut down the cart. There's ways to do it. Uh, my, the cynical part of me says that we don't do it because there's so much money in politics and not doing it. You see, your, your people on the left can send letters to their donors that say the people on the right hate people and they're so not compassionate and all of these people uh, need our help and uh, we need to protect. And the people on the right talk about open borders and raise money because it's going to destroy the country and all of that. And, um, but nobody fixes it. And I think it's because we raise money on it in our politics. That's what I think. We can't stand for that. So we need to pray that maybe we're going to look at something and actually deal with this, actually with the president maybe actually going to the border and maybe actually finding out, does he actually believe that the coyotes aren't doing that? Does he believe that or is he just lying? He might actually believe that. I don't know. Uh, He's never been down here. I guess the president uh, traveled once to the border, um, but that was back when it was the Republic of Texas and he was checking out the ruins of the Alamo when he was a kid. I'm just kidding about that part. He's almost not that old. All right, I got to take a break. This is Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And when we come back, we'll take your calls on this subject, and uh, we will move on to a couple other things. Some some updates on DeMar Hamlin, an NFL player who was hit hard in uh, the game Uh, earlier this week, and uh, it's some good news there. We'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. I'll be back as the Thursday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. We're talking about uh, immigration and being truthful about what's happening. The president is going down to the border, and the president said today that uh, there aren't people in Central America selling all their stuff and giving the money to the coyotes to bring them up here, which is completely untrue. That is happening, and that is a big part of the probable problem. Uh, 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to join the conversation. What kills me about the president saying that kind of stuff, too, though, is that his own administration has an entire program dealing specifically with communicating with people in Guatemala and Honduras about the coyotes who everybody's selling their stuff to so they can come up here. So it's just he either doesn't know, which is possible because he's never been down there. Maybe nobody tells him or he's just lying about that. You know, it's. I, I I don't want to dismiss you know, politicians. They all make stuff up. I don't want to dismiss the idea that people get so lost in their own rhetoric and their own weird ideology that they just don't know. That is, you know, a big problem. That's a problem for all of us, right? I mean, uh, in, the, in the church, sometimes we are so stuck in the church pews 
that we haven't met somebody for so long who doesn't know Jesus that we don't know what to do when we meet a non-Christian. I mean, that's a, that's a big problem. I can, I, uh, always encourage you to list your oikos, right? Your, your eight to 15 people that God has purposefully and providentially placed in your relational world. That's where you do discipleship. But if that eight to 15 people that you list, if they're all Christians, if you go to church, you gotta, you gotta drop a couple of those people and go find yourself some non-Christian friends. Get out there, find out what's going on. We can be in a bubble in church. We can be in a bubble in our politics. If we only talk to people or only watch news that we already agree with, well, then we get to this place where we don't know what we're talking about. And uh, that's bad. And I, I think that's possible, even when it comes down to the president of the United States. 888-528-2557. Uh, Ted, City of Angels, welcome to Southern California Live. Stand dry today, Ted. Ted, you with us? He gave me a day off because things need to be taken care of in the, in the uh, office. But I, I just wanted to back up what you're saying. Uh, you know, basically, you know, it's the common person that gets high, the casual user. You know, people say, I'm not hurting anybody by doing drugs. But if there's no demand, there's no supply. So how many heads rolled so you could get high? Mm. And and that's basically what it is, you know. And, and as far as work, uh, you know, I've worked with a lot of uh, migrant workers uh, in my 37 years in the business. In the cons- you're say, in the construction you know, business, is that right? Oh, oh yeah, and you know what? They, they basically say if it wasn't for the United States, um, you know, they feed Latin America. Like, yes. you know, if they could get one worker over here, they send money home. Billions, yeah, billions is- of dollars comes from the United States from uh, people who have come up here legally or illegally uh, into Central America in particular. It's a huge deal. So there's there's an economic... It gets very complicated, Ted, because there's an economic problem that if we just shut off everything, all those countries yep. collapse, and then you have millions of people coming up here. Absolutely. So, you know, it's a love-hate thing. I, you know, I mean, there's a lot of Americans that are basically uh, lazy, and I can say that because I played sports. You know, we know the people that don't make the team, the people that, that are lollygagging. And uh, while they're complaining and, and, and doing the blame game, these people will come and they, they will sweep right around your feet and clean everything while you're, you're looking at each other. And they're really very grateful that you're preoccupied with doing the blame game because they'll go right by you and they will get the job and yeah. because they come to work. And so it's, it's another know, part I, of this. And Ted, I appreciate you bringing that up. I think it matters a lot. The economic side of this is also part of the reason that we're not dealing with it because then we have to deal with well, what do we do with uh, the labor that we're hiring and that we don't always have to pay minimum wage and that is under the table. There's there's a major problem uh, that we're creating uh, by all of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Ted, and thank one more, you. know, I mean, I, I worked for one of the largest painting companies in L.A., you know, second largest uh, for seven years in my 20s and early 30s. And uh, we used to do all the buildings uh, commercially. And, uh, and then I came across a building and it had all these African-American ladies with bow ties. It reminded me of bandy caps, just old school like nurses. And I said, oh, my God, I've never seen you kind of uh, cleaning ladies. And she goes, oh, honey, let me tell you something. All these buildings used to be union. We're union, honey. And she says all of the people that are undocumented came over and put us out of business. 
and undercut there's, us. Yeah, there's there's a, there's multiple layers of the problem. I appreciate uh, Ted you calling and doing that. You know, in the construction business or in a lot of these businesses, it's it's a major problem. And you know, when you raise the minimum wage to fifteen or eighteen or twenty two dollars an hour. What that does is it creates more of an incentive for people to hire people under the table in different ways. It puts other people. It's a it's a complex problem that we keep building on, and it it's not helping. And we need our leaders to speak out differently about that. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Cynthia, Cynthia, I'm trying to click on the button there. It's not clicking for some reason. Can you give me a Cynthia online too? All right, Cynthia, just hang on there. For some reason, uh, you know, yeah, all right. We'll get to you. Just hang on there, Cynthia. Um, 888-528-2557 is the number. You know, and that it gets into the complex problem that is the uh, immigration issue, that there's the political problem and there's the political right and left, but there's also the economic problem, the problem of uh, business, the problem of business that needs to hire undocumented workers in order to have a business. And, you know, it's a, you know, a third rail, one of many third rails in politics is if somebody comes out and says, well, we need to stop having a minimum wage. And uh, if you don't have a minimum wage, well, what would happen? I mean, immediately wages would drop, right? I mean, it's, it is, it would be probably a catastrophe to get rid of it at the same time. The especially the rate it's been raising recently is creating more and more problems. And if you're a minimum wage worker, something that you've noticed is that it, initially when you got your big raise to $15 an hour, and uh, I was employing people then and we moved people up there and our goal and ran a preschool at our church was to pay people much better than minimum wage if we could and all of that. But to to raise it cost a lot of money. In, in a two-year period, it cost us $100,000 just in wages, which was a lot for a small preschool. And um, it, you you start to, to think about other ways to do it. In Texas, isn't it Texas, where they just launched a completely automated McDonald's, like it's a, a business you can go to, and a machine will make your Big Mac, and a machine will do all this, and, and that's where it goes eventually, and then nobody has a job. And so what you've noticed with your your increase anyway is that inflation now goes through the roof. Inflation is happening, you know, because of the the uh, spending in Washington, of course, but it's also happening because when you raise wages at such a huge amount, you get that money's got to come from somewhere. So eventually you make a little bit more money for a while and then you realize after a couple of years inflation has caught up to you and now you're actually making less money in real dollars than you were making before. And it's a cycle that that you know, it's it's a devastating thing and an, on, and an obvious thing that happens. And uh, hey, if you were on hold, uh, should they call again? I just yeah, call back. We we might have got uh, we might have got disconnected. You know, software crash uh, that happens. You know, we need to do a show on uh, artificial intelligence one day. And not only will we have a a McDonald's with nobody working there, we're going to have a radio show host that just talks, and you think you can't tell the difference. They're just there. That that's an entirely different subject for another show. But the artificial intelligence thing that's coming out, the chat GHP or whatever it's called, I'll give you that another show. It's it's unbelievable how powerful that is. And uh some people think it's gonna change all of our lives. 
can they call back now? Is it going to work? All right, 888-528-2557. Give us a call back on that. This is Southern California Live. We've been talking about the immigration issue because the president is going down to the border. I hope something happens with all of this. There is something that I think begins to happen whenever you have Democrats and Republicans suddenly on the same page, all right, where suddenly Democratic mayors and Democratic governors are saying to the Democratic president, you need to do something about immigration. That's happening right now. When it's one party going to the other party and shouting about it and making political hay, you know, then maybe nothing gets done. But when uh, the party in power has to go to themselves and say, we got to do something about this, sometimes you get things done. And uh, you'll need the uh, the Congress to actually function. And uh, they're still not function. What is it? Their 11th vote. They're going to come up on their 11th vote here uh, this afternoon in, in Congress for uh, the Speaker of the House. I don't know if that's even going to work. Uh, however, three days of Congress not being able to pass any bills whatsoever. It is the most fiscally responsible Congress in 35 years, uh, the past three days. And maybe they just shouldn't. Uh, but eventually, they're going to have to do something on issues uh, like this. The number is 888-528-2557. Sorry if we dropped your call a minute ago. You can give us a, a call back. And I'm going to take a break here in a minute. When we come back, we will give you an update um, on uh, what's happening with uh, um, DeMar's progress from Buffalo Bills. A really good uh, update from the hospital today, and thank you for your prayers for that. This is Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. We'll be back as the Thursday edition continues. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Good to be with you today. If you're having trouble getting through on the phones, you can give me a text at 213-537-3812. You can always call or text at that number, if uh, even if you're listening on the podcast and we're not live, 213-537-3812. If you call, no one's answering, but uh, there'll be a voicemail. We might play your voicemail on the air one day, so you should know about that. But otherwise, give me a text, 213-537-3812. Uh, gotten several texts from uh, one person today talking about the uh, issue we've been talking about uh, of uh, uh, people who are here, undocumented workers who are here, and uh, how it is affecting the economy and lots of different things there. And uh, you're correct that uh, lots of businesses hire people at an hourly uh, cash amount, and it's kind of uh, hidden under the table. That's something that's happening more and more often. That's also what complicates this issue quite a bit. Um, there's a whole lot there for that. I want to, uh, we can keep talking about that. If you want to give us a, uh, a call, if the number's working, is it working, Jared? How are we doing here? Okay. 888-528-2557. And, uh, is the number if you want to join the conversation. I want to remind you about, um, something that is going on that I think is a great, it's a terrible thing that's happened, but the story that's coming from it. Uh, is very, very good. DeMar Hamlin on the Buffalo Bills, of course, collapsed on the field on Monday Night Football. And the it's a scary moment. And uh, here is his doctors at his Cincinnati hospital who are giving us an update on his condition. There has been substantial improvement in his condition over the past 24 hours. Uh, we had significant concern um, about him after the injury and after the event that happened on the field. Uh, but he is making substantial progress. Uh, as of this morning, uh, he is beginning uh, to 
awaken, uh, and it appears that his neurological uh, condition and function is intact. Uh, we are very pr uh, proud to report that, very happy for him uh, and for his family and for the Buffalo Bills organization. So keep praying about this. There is so much prayer going on, and what I have enjoyed about the response to this story is that in in recent times when there has been sort of a, a national event or something where people want to pray about it, there is online and in different forums just kind of a lot of attacking of on prayer and attacking people for wanting to pray and attacking that and and this time people have pushed that aside and are constantly praying for him. Uh, Bill's head coach, Sean McDermott, who's a believer, said a few moments ago, glory to God for his keeping DeMar and his family in the palm of his hand over the last couple of days. I think that our prayers for him and the continued prayers of so many people, I think that we're, we really are sustaining him. I mean, either way, however you look at these kinds of things, God's involved, right? God's sovereign. He's involved with everything going on. But you have to believe that God is going to respond to our prayers. And everybody pushing the, the politics of prayer out of the way and the separation of not just church and state, but the separation of television and state or, F, or and prayer or, or prayer in the NFL or all these different things, those walls have come crashing down this week, uh, which is a really, really good thing. In fact, apparently, we'll do a little bit more on this tomorrow, I'll get you some audio, but uh, as some of the stuff is coming out right now. Apparently, he woke up, uh, and they were able to communicate with him, and he was able to sort of write down, you know, whatever. He's got a breathing tube in, and they, we don't know actually for sure what happened, okay? There's all kinds of speculation, and everybody's a doctor, you know, these days, but uh, whatever it is, he had cardiac arrest uh, on the field, and most people are saying it's uh, after, happened after uh, a tackle where he got hit in the chest pretty hard, and there's things that can happen to you. There's various things that can happen to you um, when that happens. Uh, there's all kinds of other reasons it could be, of course. But um, anyway, it looks like, you know, the fear is that when you have cardiac arrest and they had to resuscitate him, I think twice, once on the field and once later, that you have brain damage, that you've got all kinds of other problems. It's looking good. And apparently the first thing he wrote down when they asked him uh, to write something down, he said, who won the game? And... You know what? That's pretty cool to ask that question. You know, that probably means he's doing well, right? That probably means he's aware that there was a, obviously that there was a game. His mind is thinking about those things. I think that's a really good sign. So all that is to say is keep praying for this young man, Damar Hamlin. Uh, I believe he knows the Lord and we're kind of looking at uh, his faith. He loves his family. He's got, uh, he's a great guy. And, uh, there's a lot of Christians who are involved in this story, and you never know how the Lord is going to use these things to help bring people to him. And I think that is happening, and I think people are able to sort of look look beyond the, you know, whatever they thought might be going on at uh, church or with Christians, and they're going to see God do a powerful thing. That's happening, and that's exciting. We'll talk more about that uh, tomorrow, of course. All right, you're listening to Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. Earlier this hour, we were talking about uh, immigration. Now, President Biden is uh, getting ready to go to the border. And President Biden made statements today talking about... Uh, he made statements today saying that there isn't a bunch of people... Well, this is what he said. It's not like people... heard he said before, it's not like people sitting around a table and somewhere in, in Central America say, I got a great idea. Let's sell everything we have 
Let's give them to a coyote, a smuggler. They'll take us on a harrowing journey for a thousand miles to get to the United States. Then we're going to leave them across the border and drop us in the desert. And we're in a place where they don't speak the language. Won't that be fun? I don't know if you could hear that too well, but what the president was talking about is he says it's not like there are people sitting around a table somewhere in Central America saying, I've got a great idea, let's sell everything we have, let's give it to a coyote, and let's go on a harrowing journey and then illegally cross the border into the United States. The problem is that's exactly what they're doing. And not only that, the administration knows that because they have an entire campaign that started last May called Say No to the Coyote. It's a digital campaign that's being sent out to people uh, in Guatemala and Honduras. And it's all about how these coyotes are taking all of your money with promises of what you might get in the United States. A lot of people don't even make it in the country. So if you if you do happen to go down to Tijuana and you talk to people who are on the Mexico side of the border who have come from Central America or other places, this is often the story that they were lied to by a coyote. And they came up here looking for the opportunity, and not everybody makes it. Some people do make it. It's illegal, but some people make it, and they can they can work, or they've got family, or they've got contacts. But what they're being told is not true. The administration knows this. That's why the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Administration has this program. Uh, there's another program that the president talked about today. He talked about a app that uh, you're going to put on. Uh, you can put on your phone if you are seeking asylum. And you press the app and you can punch in all of your reasons for asylum. And, uh, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. A lot of uh, a lot of people do have phones. And, you know, it's um, not everybody, though. It's kind of interesting to me that it's an app. The government is providing phones uh, to people who cross the border who are, are seeking asylum and have gotten into the system. Did you know that? Uh, it's the Alternative to Detention Program is what it's called. It's one of the ways to try to avoid just putting everybody in a you know jail cell. Uh, and the U.S. government has handed out 300,000 smartphones to non-citizens who have uh, come into the United States, according to ABC News, and this is costing $361,218.08 per day. Uh, There you go. Okay, so uh, it just really takes us back to the idea that what we're doing, it's not working, and we're enabling the problem even further. Uh, Betty in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Thanks for letting us know the phones are back. Oh, good. Go ahead, Betty. (laughs) Yeah, I wanted to talk about, um, you know, my house has been robbed several times. Mm. And uh, I'm not too happy about that. And the neighbors, too. And people trying to get in my car. And I I have that uh, ring thing. And I don't know how they disable it. But uh, uh, the whole, all the... Ring people are saying that people are just coming in their yard, stealing, trying to open their door, see if it's locked or not. This yeah. is very scary. Yeah. And the thing is, what are we going to do when we? I'm I'm an old lady. I'm I'm almost eighty years old, and I'm handicapped. And they're going to help those people. We we can't even help our our people that are like you know, don't have a house and and are homeless, and our veterans. How are we going to do that? Well, that's one of the uh, the compounding problems, right, is that we're not doing anything. There's, we could have the same conversation about different groups with our veterans, with uh, with homeless, with uh, you know, there's a different conversation about crime and taking care of uh, criminals who are here. This is a it's a major crisis that we're facing and we need leadership uh, that we yeah. don't, that we don't really have. And, and see, I think, Betty, and I'm sorry that you're going through that. I know it's scary. We had somebody, you know, people have those ring doorbells, right? It's real scary. It's scary because I live by myself. Yeah. You know? One of our neighbors uh, recorded on their ring doorbell 
uh, a guy who was snooping around on their porch, and then he he taped a piece of paper over the ring doorbell. Like it was, it was like yeah. he was just prepared to cover that up and did his thing, and you know yeah. she alerted all the neighbors. There's just stuff going on, and um, you know the thing is, is that we can trust the Lord, right? Is that we do have something else that we shouldn't be surprised, uh, particularly as our nation goes further away from God, that we're going to become more and more lawless, either by design or just by the impact of of not having a sense of accountability to the Lord. Exactly right. And so the it's going to... We, we have to keep those people from coming in here because we already have a whole lot of people in here that don't belong. What are we going to do with them and then they're letting more in? Come well, on. it doesn't work uh, It doesn't work all the way around. Thanks for your call, Betty, and I'm sorry that uh, it's such a scary time for you, and especially uh, in your 80s. It's just, it's just something that shouldn't happen. You know, as we've, we've talked about this in different ways, we've got to, on one hand, you know, be compassionate toward people everywhere in every one of these areas. But that compassion is not something that's justice if we refuse to do things or we continue to enable problems. Uh, if we continue to do things that um, make the problems worse, that increase the drug addiction. In fact, uh, we were talking before about um, the housing first uh, direction. This is one of the reasons that so many people in California, so we have so much homeless problem in, in California. And you hear you hear this in our cities, housing first, uh, San Diego, Los Angeles, San Francisco, most of California, Portland, Seattle, housing first is kind of the idea for the massive number of homeless people we have. Uh, but the biggest flaw in housing first model, the idea is we're going to build houses, right? There's going to be fair housing. And, and there's some notion that well, the reason everybody's homeless is because we don't have housing. The biggest problem is that a person placed in the free housing that gets offered eventually gets to voluntarily decide if they want to stop using drugs or if they want to take mental health medication or work on any of their personal barriers. And that's the problem, is that people are are not voluntarily doing that and they are continuing to use drugs and these homes either become unusable or unlivable and it's a disastrous problem. It's a disastrous policy because it does not address the human condition in a truthful way, and that's that we do have addiction problems, that we are sinful, and that we need help. Ultimately, our our message for the church is that, yeah, you need all that, and you have it. We have a Savior. His name is Jesus, who will save you for everlasting life, and if you follow him, your life here will straighten out too, and he'll help you with his Holy Spirit. You don't have to be by yourself. All right, we've got to take a break. Next hour, we'll talk about that leadership that we need. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Thursday edition continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 